But we just want to just say a big welcome and a big well done to everybody who took part this morning. And watching those videos blesses my heart, I don't know about you, that we're a part of a church that are not only um, being used by God in our city and in the other towns and villages that we've been able to plant churches for the Lord, but also we've been able to build buildings in the Philippines. This is your giving that's done that. When you looked at the video of the Philippines, three of those buildings, those churches and that accommodation block were built by you, Family Church Portsmouth, in your giving. That was your giving that did that. <clears throat> then you look around at what's going on in Moldova with wars, providing relief, providing provision. Our church in the Philippines, two years ago when COVID kicked in, they just shut down completely. But because of, again, of your giving, we were able to say we've got your back and we were able to cover them and carry them but also um, see them reach out to the communities where people had nothing and really bring aid so you know sometimes when we jump up and we say oh it's time to give tithes and offerings we could think oh what's that about Portsmouth no it's a bigger picture you saw glimpses today of Angola you saw glimpses today of Eastern Europe of different places in the Philippines different places around the world in Africa where our constant giving and our commitment is to see God moving in those places and also, I heard a couple of invites there from uh, Angola and from Bacolod, people saying, come on out. Now that we're the other side of lockdown, we're going to begin to get our mission teams going out again. So get ready for that. Listen, there's a, when you go on a mission trip, it changes your life. Anyone been on one of our family church mission trips? It changes your life. I just want to share briefly that when we opened the church, 25 years ago in October, we're celebrating opening a family church, and we opened in Buckland Community Center, and that's amazing, 25 years ago, I was about 33 years old, and when we opened the church, there was about 12 to 15 people came along, and they were all people local to Portsmouth, um, local to this area, and I remember dreaming, Lord, wouldn't it be great to have a church that was filled with people from other nations. And we had about 12 or 15 people. And I remember the Lord giving me this well-known verse, Psalms 2.8, and it says, ask me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And I can remember as a young preacher, just with 12 or 15 people from Portsmouth gathering in Buckland Community Center, I began to pray, really not understanding the fullness of what I was praying. God, I ask you for the nations. I ask you for the nations. God, you said, if you ask me for the nations, I'll give them to you as an inheritance. And as a young guy, 33, just pastoring, not knowing what I was doing, I began to say, God, give me the nations. Now, I really thought that that was about me going to the nations. And I've been busy doing that, as you know. If you watch Facebook, I'm here, there, I'm everywhere. And I'm so thankful that God uses us as a church in the nations of the world. But God had a better plan. Not only was he going to send us to the nations, but he was going to bring the nations to us. Isn't that incredible? 25 years ago, there were 12 or 15 people representing pretty much one nation, England. Today, 25 years later, across Family Church, we celebrate 50 different nations that have come to make Portsmouth 
their home. Haven't, I believe there's 46 in Portsmouth across the whole, including other congregations. We have 50 nations. That's amazing. I thought God was going to send me and us to the nations, which he has, and we're committed to keep on going. I've got a passion to go to all the countries we've not yet ministered in and looking for some people to come with me if you want to come. But what God's done is he actually, I never saw that coming, he brought the nations of the world to Portsmouth so that we have an opportunity to lead people from so many nations that live in our city to Jesus here in Portsmouth. If we do our evangelism correct, we can lead the nations of the world or a big chunk of the nations of the world to Jesus without leaving Portsmouth. Isn't that cool? We get to serve the nations of the world. We get to love the nations of the world. And we'd been going, I think, for less than a year when all of a sudden an army of Filipino nurses arrived. And um, we'd, to this point, just done our little British-English thing. And um, all of a sudden, because the National Health Service brought in just the trained nurses and doctors from the Philippines, suddenly we turned around one Sunday and there were just a couple of rows filled with families from the Philippines. And that blessed me. I can remember when they came to my house for pizza that first Sunday, Violi and, and Emily and Bing. They came and sat in our house and we like, we love you being here. But they began to teach me that there's a bigger way of doing life than what we've learned in England. Because what we do in England when we have a life group or a connect group, it kind of means you turn up at seven and you're definitely gone by quarter to nine. We have a cup of tea and that's... But all of a sudden, I was going to Filipino life groups and they started on Tuesday and ended next week around Wednesday. And food kept coming and people kept loving and people kept, it's brilliant. And I said, I want to become less English. And I want to become more. And then all of a sudden, we turned around and God was bringing us people from the nations of the world, from everywhere across Africa, across Europe, Isn't that incredible? God was bringing them here to Portsmouth so that we could love, be a blessing, and lead people to Christ from the nations of the world. So now we look at family church, and we are this glorious soup of cultures. And I love that. When I try to describe family church to people when I'm traveling, I'm like, well, we've got people from Africa, we've got people from all the continents of the world, we've got people from Asia, we've got people from Europe. And we're desperately always trying to stop being a British church and being a church that represents all nations. And that's what we want to be. Family church doesn't want to be a British church. It wants to be a church of all nations. And when I look around today, I see that God answered that prayer. Lord, I ask you for the nations as an inheritance. And I'm so blessed just to watch how many people of 50 nations call Family Church home. But what we want to do is always make sure that we're enjoying all the flavors that represent different cultures. When I've traveled the world, I've seen that everyone in church praises God, but they praise God differently. I've seen people praise God and I've tried to do the moves, but my body won't do it. Stuart's. No, let's not even go there. 
But you know what? I think that's awesome that when God looks down on the earth, he sees praise and worship coming in all different styles, all different passions. The worst thing that we can do is turn into a sausage factory where we say, it all looks like this. And I say, we need to have more moments on a Sunday where we suddenly experience and enjoy what praise and worship looks like from the other nations of the world that make us this glorious God soup called Family Church that's not a British church, it's not an English church. We are an all-nations church made up from people from Australia right the way through Europe, through the breadth of Africa, from Ghana, from South Africa, from Nigeria. This morning I had a wardrobe collision moment. Because I've got a beautiful shirt that I was given from our Filipino family. And uh, it's beautiful. But I've also got a beautiful shirt given by our Nigerian. And I thought, if I wear that, they're not going to be happy. <laughs> then I thought, if I wear that, they're not going to be happy. They're going to be saying, what I bought, I got it. So I thought, I'm just going to go British, okay? I'm, I'm sorry about that. It just saves a lot of counselling as we go into the week. But independent of what we wear, our heart in family church is and is to be an all-nations people. Now, we represent all the different nations of the world, different ways of praising, different ways of worshipping. But this is where we find our glue. We may be from many nations, but we're a part of one kingdom. We may be from many nations, 50 to be specific. But actually, what brings us together isn't the strategies of men, but the strategies of a common king. You see, we understand what it is to have a king. Jesus is not our president. He's our king. And we are citizens of one kingdom, made up of many nations, many tribes, many tongues. Yet we find our togetherness in being one kingdom, but not at the sake of laying aside celebration of our natural cultures. I say, come on, let's celebrate our natural cultures. Wherever we're from, whatever nation we represent, let's always be encouraged and excited to celebrate those national or natural-born cultures. But let's always remember that most of all, we are a kingdom people. Citizens of the kingdom of God. I love it in the book of Luke. Jesus says to the disciples this statement. I believe it's Luke 7, 32. He says, fear not, little flock, because it's the Father's good pleasure to give you a kingdom. We're a part of the same kingdom. That isn't British, it's not Scottish, it's not African, it's... A, Oh, that's the natural countries our lives represent. And I think we should be free to celebrate each of those nations. But we understand that we're all a part of one kingdom. And we all have one king. But one day when our life is spent, our natural nationalities will be second place to one common nationality. But we belong to Jesus. He's our king. And we're a people made of many tribes and nations and tongues. But now we join together for all eternity 
to be one people that belongs to God. When I look around today, I think it's a little glimpse of what heaven could be like. I hope the food carries on in that realm as well. I want to eat some food and go, oh, heaven must taste like this, you know. But when you look around and you see so many nations, so many people representing different countries, I believe that the Bible says that that's what heaven's going to look like. Let me read to you from the book of Revelations, chapter 7. There's a lot of scary bits in the book of Revelations, but here's a good bit. And it gives us a glimpse into what heaven, one day when this life is spent, when Jesus Christ has returned and collected his church, you know that's going to happen, right? You know that life is linear, it's not circular. There's a beginning and there's an end. There's a time in the linear calendar where Jesus Christ is coming to collect those who belong to him from every tribe, from every nation, to be one citizenship in heaven, not British, European, but kingdom people. We get this glimpse in the book of Revelations, and I love it, that one day, because two things that are certain, death and tax, and they come the wrong way around, sadly. But one day, this life for us all will be spent whether we expired to life as we know it through old age or whether Jesus comes to take us to himself. The Bible says that there's an eternity that waits the other side of this life. I want to give you this window of what it's going to look like because I believe that this is a snapshot this morning of what we're going to enjoy together. Verse 9, it says, After this I looked... And there before me was a great multitude that no one was able to count. From every nation, from every tribe, every people and every language, standing before one throne and before the Lamb of God. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. As they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Listen, my friends, one day when life is spent, we'll be together, made up of tribes and nations and tongues, gathered around one throne, serving one king. But you know what I think? Why wait? Let heaven be on earth right now. Let us understanding that we're a part of a common kingdom remove some of the stupid things that this life comes up with. Stupid things like racism. Stupid things like segregation. Stupid things that try to give value to one culture and not to another. Stupid things that try to grade the humanity made in the image of God. We need to understand that this kingdom that we belong to, this king that we serve, he knows no racism. He knows no segregation. 
He knows no qualifying of one people more value than another. But all people are equal and made in his image. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven to begin to live in and enjoy that reality. We need to understand that the nations that we represent are glorious with all their colors and different flavors. Yet all of us see first that we are citizens of a kingdom that has one king, Jesus Christ, one throne, and we're one people. God speaks over us, I am your God, and you are my people. I don't know about you, I don't want to get to heaven and walk around going, oh, I get it now, British people aren't more special. Oh, oh, I get it now, being European has no extra value. I don't want to get to heaven to understand these things. I want heaven to break out in Portsmouth now, that we have zero tolerance for some of the isms of this world. When they're turning family against family, tribe against tribe, nation against nation, we say we're a kingdom people and we will not join in because we are equal, made in the image of God. Everyone in this house is of the same value and to be celebrated the same. Oh, that we would be a pocket of kingdom life in a city that has so much confusion, in a city that lives in the battlefield of identity, trying to find superiority through natural nationalization. Let's be a sound that's different. Oh yeah, we're from different nations, 50 if you want to know how many. But we're one people under God. We've all got national culture that we represent. But better than that, we are a kingdom people. Lord, let your kingdom come in us and through us. Let the light of unity in this house and this church represent a different sound to the sound of the nations of this world. Let's live to love God with all of our hearts. Let's live to love each other with all of our hearts. Let's live to see the kingdom that cannot be shaken, cannot be overthrown, cannot be removed, reign in the here and now. So my prayer over this global community is simply this. Kingdom come, Lord. Kingdom come, Lord. Teach us how to live kingdom lives. Teach us how to set our lives free from the ways of this world to loving like you would have us to love. One king, one nation, one people belonging to him. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, come on into the kingdom and join us. If you're here today, you may naturally represent 
Europe, Africa, Asia, Asia Minor, any continent of the world. But today we welcome you to step in to a kingdom that supersedes them all. The kingdom of our God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Just my every eyes closed. I'm going to pray this prayer ever so quickly. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, thank you that it's your good pleasure to give us a kingdom. Faith in Jesus Christ gives us citizenship to this kingdom. But it's not for a lifetime, but all eternity. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive my sins. Give me a brand new life because I give my life to you today. Just my every eye's closed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've never forgiven, you've never sinned the forgiveness of your sins and the way that he can change your life. And you prayed that prayer today. Ever so quickly, when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand if that's you. One, two, three. Anybody today, you say, yep, I've prayed that prayer for me, Andy. I prayed that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life back to Jesus. Anyone today? Father, we speak your blessing upon this house. We speak your blessing. Oh, I see a hand just in the middle of it, a man responding to the Lord there. Father, we thank you for your blessing on every tongue, every tribe, and every nation that's represented in this house. We give you praise, King Jesus, that you are King of kings, high above, superseding all other rule and reign. And with one voice and one heart, Lord Jesus Christ, we bow our knee to you and purpose to serve each other. Amen, amen, amen.